Hello and welcome to People of Polk, the official podcast of the Polk County Board of Supervisors. Here we discuss real issues that matter to people of Polk County, Iowa. Issues like public health, criminal justice reform, and economic development right here in our community. I'm your host, John Cahill, and today we're talking about Skate DSM, a new nonprofit organization created to advocate for skateboarding in the Des Moines Metro and provide programming for the new Lordson Skate Park. I'm here with Angela Conley, District 2 Supervisor, and Norm Sturzenbach, President of Skate DSM. Let's get started. Welcome to both of you. Thanks, John. Norm, we're going to get to talking about your passion for this project in a moment, but let's start with the most important detail off the bat. Angela, when will people finally get the chance to skate at this new park? We're down to the wire now. Yes, we are. Um, we're hoping that uh, May 1st, we'll have skaters out there practicing and do what they do best, weather permitting. And then uh, we also have a grand opening with lots of things happening, hopefully on May 21st. That's great. So Norm, let's talk about how this project came about. Take us way back to the beginning. I don't think many people would have thought of Des Moines as a skateboard nirvana. How is it now home to the largest skate park in the country? Well, like anything, it's a, it's a long story uh, that goes back a, a long ways. So it's been 15 plus years in the making. Um, I believe it started with an organization called Amos, which is a community activist organization that did a survey of folks across the city to find out what they wanted to see in the future for their, their community. And one of the things that immediately rose to the top was the need for a skate park. There are not a lot of skate parks in the Des Moines Metro, and there certainly were, weren't any. If there were any, they were nothing like this back, um, back then. And so Amos saw that from the survey, and then they, they went out and talked to um, some folks in the local skate community and built an organization of parents and kids to approach the city about building a skate park. And it took a lot of time. Um, they were able to convince the city to, do, to donate some land, um, and they found a couple of initial investors to get involved. Um, but the project really kind of stagnated for a while until a few years ago when uh, Angela Connolly, Christine Hensley, and Brad Anderson really got behind the project and put together a broader fundraising committee to really make this thing a reality. And then from there, the project has really kind of snowballed into what it is today. So when city and county leaders were eventually sold on the project, Angela, what did it take to get this project financed and finally off the ground? Well, we had a great team put together with a uh, committee. Norm served on our committee also. A lot of leaders around this uh, community from all walks of life, from skateboarders to uh, president of Drake University, Marty Martin. So uh, literally all walks of life helped us uh, with this fundraising committee. And the excitement just kept growing. Uh, the general buzz, we got a state grant from uh, a CAT grant from the state for tourism because they recognize the regional significance that we would have once the skate park was built and constructed and the regionalism that we would bring to the community with economics. So um, really the, the, the buzz kept going on as we continued to uh, develop the site we ran into a few snags, but once that concrete started getting poured, uh, people were really getting excited. Yeah, I'd say, and once it was determined this was going to move forward, Norm, the project just seemed to keep growing and growing to the scale that it is now, right? I mean, this isn't what you originally envisioned. This is far grander, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody when they got into this project way back in the early 2000s thought that we would end up where we are today. Um, some of the some of the reason for the scale is, is frankly just reality. I mean, so the the original designs were built uh, were were made over a decade ago, and so when when the project was financed and we really started to engage in it, you know, the the designs themselves needed updating. And while we were at it, new developments in sport have have emerged. Their skating styles are different. Um, it's now an Olympic sport, and so if we were going to go and build a uh, park course and a street course, the designers determined that we might as well make it up to Olympic standards just to further the marketability of the skate park. So then that required some enhancements and some expansions. Um, and as with any construction project, once you start digging, um, new challenges and opportunities emerge from the site, um, as did here. And so um, they needed to do some major concrete work to shore up the landscape. Um, to protect Second Avenue, and then that offered up a new opportunity to create a viewing area right off of Second Avenue to be over be able to overlook the entire park. And then with that, created some additional opportunities for skating. Um, you know, we have a very vibrant art community in Des Moines, and the idea of mixing um, art with skateboarding was was really attractive. And so we added a skatable art feature which then expanded both the budget and the opportunity for skatable area of the park. And next thing you know, we are without necessarily tending to be the largest skate park in the country. Um, we just kind of ended up that way once all the other factors came into play. Angela, you've been involved in a number of large scale projects and delays aren't all that uncommon, but it was hoped this park would be open last year. You ran into quite a few challenges this time. Yeah, really, the beginning of it, uh, when we started the construction of the site itself is a challenge, the way it's built and constructed on the hill. Uh, plus, we had a number of utilities located under that site, uh, So and the soil. Uh, so in the very beginning of time, we knew there were going to be challenges in the skate park. And as Norm said, we had to kind of refigure on what were the challenges going to be and how were we going to construct the park. So luckily we had an A team with California Skate Park and our public works folks that knew exactly what to do and how to do it. Um, and then uh, normal rain delays. But the biggest challenge um, that we had just recently obviously was the pandemic. We had a number of scheduled delays for that project because of modifications and construction methods. Um, the way we had to distance workday schedules and delays with our product, that definitely was a, a factor manufacturers on fabrication processes uh, trying to get our material on time that took us a while uh, just because of COVID itself delayed us a few months so um, not just the necessary rain delays and all the other in the beginning of time but then COVID kind of hit us uh, which is unfortunate but that's how it was for everybody in the country so it was nothing new for us we just kept moving along and today as we speak they're out there uh, working. So we're happy for that. Not even a global pandemic is going to stop this project, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> Norm, what is the ultimate vision for the Lorazin Skate Park? I mean, what's a win in your view that made all this work worth it? Well, I think the obvious wins are, you know, a park full of kids skating on a regular basis. Um, the ability for us to bring in you know, regional and national events on a semi-regular basis to really take advantage of the park. But I think for me, one of the, the biggest wins 
will be when we can really introduce skateboarding to the broader Des Moines community. Um, there's so many amazing and positive aspects about the sport of skateboarding um, that I'm really looking forward to showcasing to more people. And with the project's location right on the riverfront, it really provides an opportunity for people to come out and see the park. You know, other large scale skate parks across the country are tourist attractions in and of themselves. People within the community will go and they will spend an afternoon watch um, watch skater skate because it's an interesting and fun thing to watch. And then you you add on top of that just its location, its convenience right on the river. Uh, and I think I think we're going to have a lot of the community that will come out and be a part of this. But the, there's so many positive aspects of skateboarding that I think this skate park has an opportunity to really showcase, such as uh, creativity. This, this skateboarding is, a, is an incredibly creative sport. Um, perseverance, it takes an enormous amount of dedication and time and perseverance to excel and land tricks. Um, there's a lot of pain involved when people fall down. And that ability and need and drive to get back up to, to land that trick is something that really carries with people for the rest of their lives. You know, life is about successes and failures, and, and usually successes require a lot of steps and a lot of failure to get along, to achieve that along the way. And skateboarding is a perfect example of that. So I'm really looking forward to a full park um, with a lot of spectators really being able to showcase um, uh, what an amazing sport we, we have here. Angela, this goes beyond that. It has the potential to be a real economic boost for the county and for the city. Explain what your expectations are for this. Well, from the very beginning, we knew that it would draw some regional competitions. And as Norm said earlier, we know now that uh, skateboarding is an Olympic sport. Once we heard that, we knew there was uh, no going back. And we were really thrilled that maybe someday we'll get pre-trial uh, Olympic trials. And that would be very exciting for us. You know, we do things very well here. You know, we've done the NCAA tournaments. This is poised to do such uh, great things. We're located right in the heart of downtown. We have enormous uh, walkable areas for the skate park, great spots to uh, eat. Uh, we know that there's going to be such an economic impact for surrounding the skate park itself, from hotels to restaurants to all the, the other venues surrounding the downtown area, the Papa John Center, the Science Center. This is just not a flyby city any longer. This is a city that people are gonna to wanna to come to and visit. And we know that this is gonna be one of the showcases for the uh, national audiences. And we're really excited about that. While this is set up, as you mentioned, so it can host big national events, even possibly Olympic trials, this really is for people of all ages and more importantly, all income levels, correct? Absolutely. Um, you don't need to have be on a sports team. You don't need to pay the fees. You can really get us, I think you can get a pretty good skateboard and Norm would know this more than I for probably $100 or less as a beginner. And you'll be able to uh, go out there and meet so many friends and, you know, socialize without all the, the electronics and just being able to be outside, which is what we learned this year is wanting to be outside more than anything. And Norm, can you expand on that a little bit just uh, on the cost of, of getting started in a sport like this? I was kind of surprised when you'd mentioned how relatively unexpensive. Yeah, the barrier to entry here is really low. Um, it, it is about $100 um, to get a quality skateboard from, from your local skate shop. 
And so it's it's really accessible to to just about any kid. And and as Angela said, you don't need to join a, a team. You don't have to give up uh, regular times for practices. So it really works well with with um, busy schedules. Um, and as such, it, the sport itself has quite a diverse following um, of all different kinds of ages, different income brackets, different ethnic backgrounds, and and you know while every basically every boy has a skateboard. Um, one of the things that's fascinating is one of the most, one of the biggest growing aspects of the sport is actually among female skaters. And as Skate TSM, as we've launched our clinics, um, we've been pleasantly surprised at the number of responses that we've gotten from, um, from girls who want to learn how to skateboard and be a part of this. And uh, as a teaser here, I know there are some big announcements likely in the works down the road, but haven't been announced at the time of this recording. So let's just focus on opening day. What does that look like? Is it one day the park's just going to be open or is there a little bit more of a celebration? Well, uh, we're going to probably get out all the kinks on May 1st, but really our uh, grand opening will be May 21st. And what we would like to do is um, support our uh, on the first Friday is have that be dedicated to our donors, particularly who really stepped up and helped us financially, and then host youth clinics throughout the weekend and uh, with Norm's help, obviously. And then we're hoping that we can get some national groups to bring professional demonstrations in. I think people are going to be really excited about that. And then that, as Norm mentioned earlier, that wow sculpture, that is going to be so fascinating to watch uh, folks get on that and do the tricks that will certainly blow everyone's mind. Um, but we think there are gonna be some trick contests for that too. And then, you know, just being down there that entire weekend and having activities, there'll be a big buzz. Speaking of getting out there and, and uh, doing some tricks, are either one of you gonna be out there on your skateboards and, and participating <laughs> here, writing the skatable sculpture, or are you just gonna be more of a, a spectator like me? Well, speaking only a spectator. <laughs> Uh, I plan to be out there and be on the park, but you will probably only see me, you know, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. before anybody else is there to, to see the <laughs> stay out of their way. <laughs> I got Unless it. Unless you yeah. can put me in a bubble. <laughs> put you in one of those plastic bubbles and roll you around. Okay, that sounds like fun. Correct. <laughs> All right. Well, Angela Connolly, Polk County Supervisor representing District 2, and Norm Sturzenbach, President of Skate DSM. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to learn more about the Lords and Skate Park, visit dsmskatepark.com. For more information about the mission of Skate DSM, you can find them at skatedsm.org. That's it for today's show. What do you think about today's topic? Let us know on social media using the hashtag #PeopleOfPolk. For up-to-date local news and important information, follow Polk County, Iowa on Facebook and on Twitter or head over to polkcountyiowa.gov. Thanks for listening. See you next time on People of Polk.